0: Welcome to the Harvest House Church Sermon of the Week podcast. Our vision is to empower each person to know God, experience freedom and discover their purpose to make a difference. Enjoy the message from this past Sunday. Oh man, it's so good to see you. Consider yourself completely hugged right now. Air hug everybody. I Man, we have missed you and it is so good that you're back and boom, we are so glad. So welcome to everybody. Um, I'm going to jump right in because I got a ton of information to get through today and it's going to be great. Uh, you definitely, some of these slides take pictures of because I'm not going to be able to go through them super quick, but there's some really good information. So um, this is part two of what we're calling the Divine Health Series and I'm calling this one Kingdom Thinking Part Two. So uh, for those who were here last week, we'll be doing some review, but um, it's good for you to hear it again, and we got so many people who hadn't heard the first part of it. So we know this COVID-19 thing has turned our lives completely upside down, hadn't it? It's just, wow, it's just turned us upside down. And so it's enormous consequences on our lives, both with our mental health, our physical health. So what this series is about, we're going to talk about mental health, we're going to talk about spiritual health, and we're going to talk about, you know, obviously, getting in shape and being fit, you know, diet, the whole thing, whatever we can do to help you get through Uh, this season so here's our scripture I love this scripture it comes from 1st Thessalonians 5 23 it says this now may the God of peace make you holy in every way your whole spirit your whole soul and your whole body be kept blameless so again today we're going to be talking about the soul or our mind because uh, you know how you think completely rules your life okay so we're going to get right into that um, a report was released this, this Thursday from the CDC, and this thing is beyond troubling. It's a little bit sad here at the beginning, but we we'll gonna get, we'll, we'll get some hope in here. But look, look at this statistic. COVID-19 stats, CDC, just released this Thursday. They did a, a big survey, 25%. One in four Americans, between 18 and 24, seriously considered suicide in the last 30 days. That is beyond troubling. And then if you look at the next, in late June, 40% of all U.S. adults reported struggling with mental health or substance abuse. Let me just say this, that we were not meant to be isolated. I understand mitigating the disease, social distancing. We're we're in here, we're social distanced, Uh, we're being careful, but God never meant us to to be isolated from one another, to not have relationships, to… And what's happening is, as you can see, this is having huge effects on us as a culture and especially our mental health. Bottom line, it's really taken a toll, which means we have to be super intentional with our minds and connecting with one another. I'm going to give you three real keys to help you have a good Thought life, because man, how you think really, really does determine your life. So let's go ahead and jump to the first one. This is called kingdom thinking. Three ways to just maintain kingdom thinking. The first one, uh, and, and by the way, they all begin with the letter R. I didn't mean for that to happen. It just did. You know, sometimes everybody trying to be cute by having it the same. I didn't mean that. It just like wow, it all begins with the letter R. How cool is that? But first one is renew your mind. The mind needs to be renewed. I love this scripture out of Romans 12, too. It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you read the first part of that verse, it says, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. Instead, be transformed by renewing your mind. The mind has to be renewed. Now, there's another version, the New Living Translation. It says, let God make you into a new person by changing the way you think. Okay, uh, this scripture here, this word for renewing—it's an interesting Greek word. It's the same scripture, uh, same word used in this scripture. First, uh, excuse me, Second Thessalonians four sixteen. Th- therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away. And a lot of times, you can feel like, man, outwardly we're wasting away. Yet inwardly, we're being renewed day by day. So there's this inward renewing that we really need to to really take hold of today so most people when they want to try to change their life they focus on behavior like at the beginning of the year you come up with these New Year's resolutions how y'all doing with them New Year's resolutions I ain't done a one okay just let you know Um, but if you want to try to change your you know life you try to change your behavior but we want to go a little deeper right now because if you really want to change your behavior got to change your beliefs what you believe about yourself what you believe about others and what you believe about God I like this uh, little graphic here here's the thing here's the deal beliefs produce thoughts that produce emotions that produce behaviors so if you want to change your behavior or how you think you need to change your beliefs and I put this little chart up here I love this This little chart is a great little exercise for you to do. Today is practical, just being practical, how we think right. Uh, You know, identifying ungodly beliefs and godly beliefs is one of the greatest exercises you could do to change your thought life. And you see, I got a chart right here to identify what's an ungodly belief that you may be thinking. What is an ungodly belief? It's a belief that doesn't line up with what God's Word says about us. It's a lie. It's a deception. It's something. Okay, so... This is a great exercise to do. It trains the brain to go, that is true, okay? And this other ungodly belief is not true. It's a great little exercise for you to do. So how are we going to even go deeper to change our beliefs and our thoughts? Well, last week, I introduced you to a uh, therapy technique that's called CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy. Cognitive behavioral therapy. And what cognitive behavioral Therapy is really being used for it was found 20 years ago by a guy named Aaron Beck, University of Pennsylvania He discovered it he came up with it, but now it's become the standard By which if you need some therapy, you know some help with depression or anxiety non-medicine that they take you through cognitive behavioral therapy and uh, It's basically built on a uh, a premise that the things that you think and continue to dwell on will ultimately end up being your behavior. And they said this, part of cognitive behavioral therapy is being able to identify something they call cognitive distortions. So what are those? Well, I'm gonna show you five. There's actually 15 of them. I don't have time to go through all of them. You can get on, do a Google search. Cognitive distortions. Aaron Beck, he's the one that came up with them. And these are the distortions they help you identify. Okay, so what is a cognitive distortion? It's a tendency or pattern of thinking or believing that is false, inaccurate, and it has real damage on our minds. Let me give you some examples so you know what I'm talking about. The first one they call catastrophizing. And right now, our culture is majorly catastrophizing. And what's going on? What is catastrophizing? It's focusing on the worst possible outcome at seeing it as the most likely. And I'm just going to be honest and really vulnerable with you. I find myself catastrophizing. Like I'll see something or uh, something on the internet or, and I'll be like, oh my gosh, that's going to happen to my family. Or, oh my gosh, that's going to happen to me. Or, oh my gosh, you know, everybody's going to die of COVID, you know, and it's that, and and what does catastrophizing do? It, It causes us to really fear. And we just... We play it over in our minds time and time and time again. That's a cognitive distortion. What's another one? Dichotomous thinking. What is economist thinking? It's viewing events or people um, in all or nothing terms. Like for example, if you've ever been hurt in a relationship maybe once, maybe twice, I mean, you could get into your mind, man, all men are terrible, all women are terrible, or, or what, you know? Or if you've been hurt by the church, you're like, well, all churches stink, you know, and all, you know, and it's like, wait a minute. That's the dichotomous thinking That The other one is overgeneralization. It's applying one experience to all experiences, including those in the future. Like if you had something, a tragedy in your life, you, you keep dwelling, that could happen to me, it could happen to me. And again, this is a very, very negative, negative way of thinking. Let's go to our next one here, emotional reasoning. Oh, this one's humongous. It's running rampant, it's like this, this emotional reasoning. What does it say? It says, if I feel this way, then it must be true. Y'all know that in right, right? If I feel that I'm in danger, then I'm in danger. Well, no, that's not, feelings don't determine reality. And see, when we're thinking this way, it's really causing negative stuff in our life. The next one, the final one we'll look at, the fifth one is uh, negative filtering. And man, I tell you, we are in this, our culture is such a problem-centric culture. If y'all noticed how negative everything is, and I hope y'all are, you guys are not watching the news, because if you watch the news, it's all about cognitive distortions. They feed cognitive distortions over and over and over in your life, and if you get on the net over and over and over in life, it just really, really is so dangerous. All right, so let's jump to our next one. I'll jump to our next one here. The first one's renew your mind. And how do you renew your mind? By getting in the Bible. I tell you, if there's ever been a time that we need this book, it's now. We always need it. But I tell you, I just want to put the Bible on my head and go get in there, get in there, get in there, you know. Osmosis, when I was a student, that's what I used to do with chemistry. I just said, hey Osmo, get get in there, you know. Didn't work, so everybody study. All right, so um, I mean, your, your mind needs this every single day. It does. It'll renew your mind. And if, you, if it's all about beliefs, which you heard me say it was, faith cometh by hearing, hearing the Word of God. And what's in this Bible and what's in this book is so good. It just gives you, man, I tell you, when I read I'm like, oh, that feels so much about her today, just to read the Word of God. And that brings us to this next one, retrain your brain. Now, we're all, you heard, we're all into physical exercise and, and all that, and we all talk about training the body. That's great. Eating right, supplements, organic, yeah. But has anybody ever thought about training your brain? The brain needs training, And uh, let me show you this amazing uh, new discovery here. It's called neuroplasticity. And what is neuroplasticity? It's the capacity of the brain to functionally reorganize neurological pathways through beliefs, through thoughts, and emotions. All right, what does all that mean? We used to think that our thoughts were like a plate of neurological spaghetti. It just fired and just went all over our brains, and it's what happened. Now we know that when you have a thought or emotion, and you you have it once, it's like building a path. If you have it twice, it's like building a highway. If you have it three times, it's like building a freeway. And so bad thoughts run up and down these highways and freeways, but here's the good news. The good news is you can deconstruct those thoughts and make new thoughts. Okay, like I'm geeking out with some science and neuro, you know, stuff here, but you can actually train your brain. Wow, that's amazing, okay? So what does, what does the Bible have? Like, what, how do we connect this with the Bible? Well, I want to show you. Here's out of Ephesians 4, and 23, great scripture. You were taught in regard to your former way of life, put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires and to be made new in the attitude, look at that, of your mind. Bible's been saying this all along, that you're to put off crazy thoughts, destructive thoughts, and put on the new thoughts. And let's keep on reading. It says, in your minds, and put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and true Holiness. So what is the old self? The old self is full of fear. It's full of anxiety. It's full of worry. It's full of doubt. It's full of catastrophizing. It's full of dichotomous thinking. It's full of overgeneralization. It's full of that emotional thing and negativity. Put that stuff off. Well, what are we to put on? (laughs) Put this on like, you know what I mean? Put it on like a hat, everybody. Just put it on. Put it on. Created to be like God. Okay, so, so let, let me give you something right here. This one is not in my, no, in your, in my notes, but I want to I give you this. This is Philippians 4, uh, Philippians four and, cha- and verse 6. Do not be anxious for anything. There's so much anxiety going around. But instead, what does it say to do? But in everything, see, don't put on anxiety. But in everything, look at what we're supposed to do here. It's awesome by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. What does it say? Don't don't put on anxiety, put on prayer. It's your choice, it's my choice, right? It's our choice. And look at what happens when we do that with thanksgiving. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and it guards your mind in Jesus. It works. It works, trust me, trust me, trust me, it works. Okay, your brain, here's the thing we know about thinking, this comes from neuroscience, it likes routine, it likes schedules, it's, it's like a muscle and when we work it too, too hard it begins to shut down. Do you know that there was a study out of Cambridge that said that you only can make a certain amount of good decisions in 24 hour period? So when you get up in the morning and you're faced with all these decisions and your phone's dinging and that, you know, all that stuff, and you're, oh, I gotta text this, I gotta do this, I gotta, you've used up your good decisions. So if you're taking an exam, y'all, be, God, man, be careful. Don't fill your mind with stuff before you get going. Realize, I gotta make some good decisions to come 10 o'clock, you know, I gotta, I gotta get this down. The brain needs, and, and I think what's happening, we are all experiencing some brain fatigue right now. We really are. And the only way I can make it make sense to you in the physical, it's like if we we ran a marathon every week. That's what's happening to our brain. Our brain was never meant to be like this. It's meant to have peace. It's meant to have some, how many could want some peace in your life? I mean, amen? The brain is like a deletion device. It's constantly looking for things to delete. And yet we're filling it with so much stuff You like multitasking? You know, I'm sitting at a computer and then text goes that email, ding, that that phone just rang, you know. Wait a minute. We've got to be a whole lot more intentional with our brain. So I hope you take some pictures of, of these next two slides and you online, welcome to our online community. We're so glad you joined us. You can go back and look at these. Let me give you some real practical steps of how to use cognitive behavioral therapy, but more importantly, it's just what the Bible says to do, too, the put off and put on. Here we go, let's jump into it. Um, If you have an anxious thought, a bad thought, write down the thought and the feeling. This is what therapy is telling you to do, write it down. There's something important if you have an anxious thought of getting it out of you and put it on paper. He's been something about that, get it out of you. Number two, identify your stress level. In other words, how much stress between one and 10, one being, didn't really cause that much anxiety, stress, or depression, and 10 being, oh my gosh, I'm almost in a panic attack, did it, did it create? Put that number down. Number three, ask, is this thought rooted in a cognitive distortion? Again, you can go on Google and get a list of these cognitive distortions. I double dog dare you to try it. It'll really, it'll really help you the way you think. Um, number four, ask this question: What would others say? Especially like your mama, or you know, or your, or if, you know. For me, I say, man, what would Kim say to this thought? She, Kim's my wife, and she could tell that's not true. That's not. Don't, don't give in to that. And then pray about it. Take that negative thought to Jesus and say, Jesus, I, I just pray. And what does it feel like? Let's go to our next one. Um, I'm going to give you seven quick steps. Here's the next one. Number 5 reevaluate the thought without the distortion. In other words, if, if you didn't have the cognitive distortion or the negative way of thinking, how would it feel to you? Number six, write your new thought without the distortion. In other words, write a thought without it. And then number seven, identify the new level of distress. One, to 10. Identify that new level of distress. All right. Okay, let's go to our last one. Here we go. We're going to renew our mind. We're going to retrain our brain. Number three, we're going to resist isolation by abiding, by abiding. I want to tell you about a quick uh, study that I just read. There was a lady, she's got a funny name. Her last name is Jean Twenge. She's a social psychologist, and she's been studying uh, what's been going on with students for the last 20 years, and what she, when it comes to behavior, when it comes to anxiety, when it comes to depression. And she noticed in 2010 a radical steep jump in the amount of students who were struggling with suicide thoughts, were struggling with depression. And, and so she began to ask, like, what happened in 2010 and 2012, or what happened? Is that's basically when smartphones, everybody started having a smartphone. And she has concluded that what has happened is that people have so dived into smartphones and especially social media that we've lost touch with one another. Listen, God made you to have connection. God made you to have a relationship. God made you to have friendships. God made you to find, you know, to find your herd, so to say, or find your tribe and be, be around. We are social people. We're Humans are so social, we need it. And when we don't have it, guess what happens? It affects us. Let me give you some crazy statistics. One study found that in the last decade, check this out, last decade, Individuals between the age of 18 and 24 are reporting symptoms with major depression. It increased 52% in the last decade. Wow. It says this, a, a, a 2016 report by the Center of Collegiate Mental Health. Check this one out. Using data from 139 colleges, here's what they found. That between 2015 and 2016, half of all students showed up at the counseling services. Half? Wow And now, when we look at this, again, Twingy came up with the conclusion. She believes that the introduction to the smartphone, but also that people abandoned connection and relationships for social media, has created this crisis. She goes on to say, and I'm saying to you as well, I'm not saying throw your smartphone away, okay? I, I really enjoy technology. And, and I'm not saying get off of social media. Just don't spend all your time in that because it's not healthy for your minds or my mind. It's not healthy. I, uh, I think what we have to do is we, we have to use social media and Zoom for relational connection, not all the other stuff. Everybody hearing me out there, it's, it's that way. So what are we to do? But we're in this major pandemic. Look at us. We're all social distancing here. And, you know, we're having online meetings. What are we to do? Well, we have these things called life groups. And it's small groups of people getting together. You desperately need to get in a life group. You desperately need to get in a life group. And we're going to do life groups in a safe, you know, COVID-friendly way to help mitigate this this disease. You know, we're going to do that. Okay, we're going to do that. Um, I like saying it like this way. Put the social back in media. Like make it about connecting with one another. Be intentional with this. I think more than ever, it's never been more important to really, really pray and and give your mind some time to just get some peace because somebody do some peace in here. I'm like, Lord, give me some peace. This whole thing is about what? Resist isolation, because what's so co- concerning to me is social distancing, which we believe in, look at this room, has become social isolation, and it's really causing some bad things. We need each other. Like, I need you. <laughs> it's really awesome how when you're up here just giving the words, some of the craziest thoughts come to your mind. You know what just came to my mind? You know what I'd love to do right now? Get all of y'all right here in the middle and let's just do a mosh pit. You know what I'm saying? Just dive in the, in the middle and just, you know, just go crazy or something, you know? Soon, by faith, we'll be able to, to really, really connect. As far as hugging and touching, we can't do that right now, right? We have to be careful. Listen to these scriptures in the book of Genesis. The, just the first book of the Bible God said it like this. It is not good for man and woman, to, men and women to be alone. It's not good. In Ecclesiastes, listen to this scripture. Two people are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls, who's alone, is in real trouble. Yeah. Hey, if you're in trouble, reach out out to us we want to know you we want to get to meet you we, we want to connect if we have to do it social media we'll do it via Zoom but we want to connect with you alright let's stand everybody we're right here out of time why don't we stand up I want to say in conclusion in John 15 check this out John 15, Jesus is teaching his disciples and his disciples are getting ready to go through the hardest time imaginable. And what does he say to them? He says to them five times, abide in me. Abide in me, stay with me. Stay with me and stay. I believe in that. We got to stay with one another. We are gonna get through this, y'all. We are gonna get through it. We are going to get through it. And the church is going to be stronger than it's ever been. And the revival that Courage talked about, just, we got to believe for it. So, Father, we love you with all our hearts. Lord, may we really have thought life. Let us have life in our thoughts. May we have the mind of Christ. And if you're here today, I'm not going to call you up. We, we're not going to call you up here. But if you're here today and you would like to give your heart to Jesus, maybe you strayed away. I just want to give you a chance right now to come back to Him. Maybe it's just so much going on. Will you guys just, anybody out there, just lift your hand if you like. I just need to dedicate my heart to Him. Amen. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's pray a prayer together, everybody. If you raised your hand or maybe you're just out there and you just like, I just need Jesus, can we all pray this prayer together? And let's repeat it with a loud voice. Let's pray. Say, dear God, I just confess my sin to you. And I thank you, you're my Lord. I confess Jesus is Lord. And I believe that God raised him from the dead. Come into my life, Lord Jesus. Life Jesus. I, accept I accept you now as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, In Jesus' name, Amen. Can we give him a big old praise, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> the guys are awesome. We love you. Welcome back. Welcome back. All right, I tell you what. If everybody can just Stay right where you are. The the ushers are going to dismiss us from the first row and then exit that back door. And if you need prayer, please just stay with us out front. We'll meet outside, and we'll be under that awning. So amen. The ushers now will just release you, and uh, God bless y'all. Make it a great day. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To find out more about our ministry, visit hhcboon.org or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Harvest House Church Boone.